reasons. One, I get to share a story of college. I always love sharing college stories. And so I don't know if you guys have ever been a part of planning something, um, like a big event like Karen's experiencing this week. Um, she's doing a fantastic job um, doing that as well. But in college, I was able to be the president of Student Foundation. And all that really is is I was in charge of planning um, the big events for campus. Right, so they decided this California boy should plan all the fun events for these East Texas kids, right? And so um, that's what I was able to do. And my friend Cody Finch, um, you know, he's this guy who's just, he's a go-getter, right? He, I mean, his favorite things to say are like, as well you should, we're going to go get this done, here we go. And uh, so he called me into his office, and there was a big Red Bull sitting there, and he says, we're about to plan an East Texas Baptist University tradition. Drink up, it's time to get to planning. Right, so we, we got our team together, it was awesome, and uh, while we were in there, we had this football player, and we were both kind of iffy about letting him into our planning committee, um, because he was this big old football player, and he, like, his ideas were extreme, right, and so when we're thinking, cool, we're going to have an all-day event with games and a concert, he was like, yeah, we need to do uh, parachuting into the campus, it's going to be awesome, we're like, okay, calm down. Right. And so one of the things we started planning was at some point during the day, we're going to have like a big carnival for all the college students. And there'll be like um, carnival food, like hot dogs, hamburgers. And the first thing that he puts in like this information, he says, we need funnel cake. Okay, and he was pretty serious about that. He said, we need funnel cake. So I'm not planning. I'm not even going to go if there's no funnel cake there. And we're like, okay, calm down, dude, like, big football player. And so we're planning, planning. He said, hey, I just want to make sure we're going to have funnel cake. And I said, okay, like, we'll work on that, right? So we're planning, like, the concert, the devotion time. Like, it's just, we're planning everything. And he just kept coming back to, if there's not funnel cake, I'm not going, right? And so that we get to the day, and, and it's literally starting from midnight the night before, and it goes all the way to midnight that day. It's a 24-hour event um, called Connexus. And we get to the time of the day where we're going to go eat the food out, the carnival food. And we're like, hey, where's he at? You know, we're looking for him. He's nowhere to be found. All of a sudden, we hear funnel cake. And we look, and he's got two plates of funnel cake in his hands. And he goes, hey, praise God, this worked out, right? Praise God that we got this funnel cake, right? And so it's funny and a little scary if you've seen this guy because he was pretty big. But I say that because that relates to our relationship with God. We, we kind of get entitled and say, God, I'm not going to praise you unless I get the funnel cake. Right? God, I'm not going to praise you. I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to follow you unless it's according to my standards and what I want. Right? Sometimes it's really easy for us to get entitled. Y'all know entitlement's a dangerous thing, right? And y'all know that entitlement just isn't uh, little kids and their parents, man. It's us to God. Sometimes we can get entitled and forget that, man, God chooses to love us despite of who we are, right? And so today we're going to be looking at uh, continuing the story of uh, Mary and Elizabeth. And, and we're going to learn how they praised God before they saw God's promise being fulfilled. They were praising God before the blessing really came. And the challenge for us is, are we going to do the same thing? Or are we at a point in our relationship with God where we're entitled to think God needs to bless me before I praise Him. Let's pray. 
Heavenly Father, God, you're so good. We're so excited about what you're doing here, God, um, at this church and in our lives. Lord, we just pray for more blessings, God. But Lord, I pray that you open up our hearts to show us the ways that we are entitled, um, the things that we're holding on to, rather than just letting go and praising you for being good. Because, God, you are a good father. You're so good to us. And uh, your praise should be on our lips, God. Um, Not because of the blessings, but before the blessings. Because you are worthy to be praised, God. So be with us, Lord. Use me as your microphone. Let me get out of the way, God, and you just speak to us. Uh, I pray that there's a decision that needs to be made, um, God, that you give us the courage to make it. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Luke chapter 1, verse 39. It says this, In those days... Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. All right, so y'all know the story we've been going through. And if you don't, Mary is this young woman, right? She's a virgin. And God came to her and said, hey, you're going to have a baby. His name is going to be Jesus. He's going to be the savior of the world. Here you go. And she's like, cool, your will be done in my life. Not mine, God, but your will be done. And we talked about how that response is our response. We should respond. God, whatever it is you're calling me to do, I'm in. I'm all in, baby. Let's go. Right? And so what's happening is she decided to pack up all of her stuff and make the long journey, multiple days walking, to go see her cousin Elizabeth. And there's many reasons why that she probably did this. We don't know for sure. But I think the two main reasons is one, to confirm her faith. Right. Because right before she was told, hey, you you know, after she was told you're going to have a baby, even though you're a virgin. um, If you don't believe me, your cousin Elizabeth, that old woman who's barren, she's having a baby, too. Right. And so she got she had all this stuff dropped on her and all this information. And so I think one of the reasons why um, she's going to go see her cousin is just to confirm her faith. Right. I know I'm pregnant. I want to go see if my cousin's pregnant. Right. And so she's making that journey. But. Um, I think Mary really just wanted to go and rejoice with her cousin and rejoice in the fact that, man, you have been barren for all these years, Elizabeth, and now you're God's answering your prayers. And not only that, look at what God's doing to me. Right. And and I'll, I'll tell you why I believe that. But it wasn't like Mary could just get on Facebook and post on Elizabeth's Facebook page like, hey, girl, congratulations. Hashtag blessed. Right. She couldn't do that. So she had to pack up her stuff. And, and pregnant and young, walk through the desert to go see your cousin, right? Um, so Christians, I'll, just with that right there, I want to challenge you. Pray together. Share blessings with each other. Share times of, of sorrow and mourning. Share those times together so that when God does something, we can come and celebrate. That's what this is. Dumpling Baptist Church should be your church family. Don't come in here and fake it like you're good when you're not. Come in here and be real. Say what's on your mind. If there's something going on in your heart that God's doing, talk about it so we can pray together and celebrate the fact that God is doing something. That's what church should be. And if your church family isn't here and you want it to be, we we love, come on. But if you're not plugged in at a church, get plugged in. Because you're missing out on a big blessing. And the church is missing out on you blessing them as well. All right. All right, now I'll get back to the real sermon. Okay, Look at verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. All right, so it's easy to believe, right? How many of you are mamas in here? Raise your hand. If you're a mama, raise your hand. Okay, I don't know what this is like. 
Okay? I felt a pregnant woman on her belly and the baby kick it. Right? And that was crazy. Freaked me out when I was a little kid. Right? Still kind of freaks me out. Right? I don't know what it feels like to have something inside of me kick me. Other than after I eat Taco Bell. Okay? (laughs) That's a whole different type of kick. Right? But it's not... It's easy to say that Elizabeth has already felt baby John moving inside of her, right? She was already pregnant for several months. She's already felt that. And Luke is the doctor, the man who's writing this book. He's Luke, right? His name is Luke. He's a doctor, so he knows about that whole process. He knows that the baby gets to a certain age, he starts moving around in there. But Luke specifically used a Greek word that did not mean or translate into move. He could have if it was a normal movement. But there was something different about this baby moving. Let's read it again. Look at verse 41. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. That sounds a little different than kick. That sounds a little different than moving around. That baby leaped for joy. Right? And here's why I want to tell you all. It was like this baby, John, was telling his mom, hey, Jesus just entered the room. Mom, I don't know if you understand this. I was born, and I'm going to be born specifically to prepare the way for the baby that just came into this room. My only mission, Mom, is that baby that's inside Mary. And it was like him telling Mom, there's something extraordinary about that baby inside that woman. That's good, right? Man, that's what Jesus is. Jesus isn't just some ordinary little movement. Jesus is an extraordinary thing. And when Jesus enters the picture, it changes everything. And so if your life is a little ordinary right now, if your life is a little dull, you don't have a lot of joy, maybe Jesus isn't in your presence and maybe you're not in Jesus' presence. Maybe you need to get plugged back into Jesus and experience that extraordinary feeling of when Jesus is in your life. Maybe some of you are missing out on Jesus right now. I don't know. I know that when Jesus, when I'm, when I'm, because Jesus is always here. Jesus is everywhere. But when I'm in Jesus' presence, it's no ordinary movement. My, my joy, my life, man, it's, it's extraordinary. Not because of me, but because I'm in the presence of Jesus the King. And so the baby leaped inside of Mary. And remember, that's even fulfillment. John's dad, Zechariah, the angel told him that this baby was going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So this is just prophecy being fulfilled. All of a sudden, this baby's breakdancing in his mama's belly when Jesus shows up, right? Look at verse 42. And she exclaimed exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Elizabeth got, she was filled with the Spirit. Man, she started to get loud. She understood, man, I know what's happening here. Mary, you're carrying something special. So even, or even Elizabeth was like, man, ah, and she just got loud. And that's okay to get loud in church. It's okay to sing praises to God. It's okay to get loud and shout. It doesn't mean that we're something different. It means that we're exclaiming and proclaiming how good God really is. And so let me ask you this. Is your life... Right? Metaphorically, is your life being loud for Jesus? The way that you're living your life right now, are you loudly exclaiming and proclaiming that Jesus is Lord? And Jesus is worth that. 
He's worth our life to get loud for Him and proclaim Him through every aspect of our life. That's how good Jesus is. Amen? Amen. My goodness. Look at verse 42 again. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your room. And she started congratulating Mary. She started telling her, ma'am, you are blessed among women. You're the fruit of your womb that's blessed. Think about that for a second. Think about this and what that truly means. Man, Elizabeth had every right, like if you think in human terms, to not bless Mary and, and, and praise her, but to be jealous of her. Right? Listen to Elizabeth. Like, blessed are you among women. Blessed is the fruit of your womb. Man, Elizabeth, listen to her story. She's... For her whole life, man, she was a, a priest's wife, praying to God that they would have a baby someday so that he can train that baby to be a priest or she can train him to be a priest's wife. And she was barren for years and years and she was old. And then finally God says, okay, hey, I'm going to bless you with the baby now. And then here comes her little cousin Mary, 12, 13, 14 years old. Here she comes and she's a virgin, not even married yet. And God says, hey, I'm going to bless you with the baby, but not just the baby, the Savior of the world. Elizabeth could have got a little jealous with that, don't you think? I've seen a lot of y'all get more jealous over smaller things than that. Right? But no, she didn't, man. She blessed. Even though God was blessing Elizabeth what seems to be lesser than what God was blessing Mary to be, Elizabeth rejoiced in what God was doing. She didn't let her selfishness get in the way of God's plan. She didn't let her own pride, her selfishness get in the way of what God was trying to do. And so what that challenges us is, man, what are, in what ways are we getting in God's way of Him fulfilling the plan in our life, in the church's life, in this country's life? In what ways is our selfishness, our, jeal- our, our envy, what, how are we getting in the way of God's plan for our lives? And that's something we all have to ask each other. Ask ourselves, ask each other, and make sure that we're all on the same page, man. God's will be done. She could have been jealous, but she prays, man, Mary... You are blessed. She rejoices because she knows that any blessing that she gives herself is an undeserved, nothing but full of grace, full of mercy gift from God. The blessings look like one was bigger than the other. You're having a baby boy and you're having the savior of the world. That looks a little different. Your baby's job is to talk about this baby. Right? Man, and look today, even Mary today, in some religions, Mary's lifted up on this pedestal. I don't think that's right. I don't think that's what Mary would want, but that's what it is, right? But Elizabeth said, man, I, I know that any blessing that I get is undeserved. I don't deserve it. And Mary, you're blessed, girl. And she rejoiced with her. Don't forget, guys, you are blessed. How many of you had a good week this week? Raise your hand. How many of you had a bad week this week? Go ahead and be honest. Go ahead and be honest. Thank you for the three people that were honest in here. Regardless of what life is giving you, throwing at you, you are blessed. The fact that you're breathing, the fact that you are able to sit in a church in 2018, I don't know how long that's going to be, even here in America. The fact that you are breathing right now is a blessed gift from God that you and I do not deserve. Rejoice in that. 
Praise Him for that. Praise Him for the blessings, even if it's hard to do it. Because Jesus is worthy of it. Oh, y'all are tired or is it hot in here? I don't know. We'll keep going. Here we go. Look at verse 43. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Man, some people think that Peter was the first one to proclaim Christ as Lord. Listen to what Elizabeth just said. Why is this granted to me that the mother of my what? My Lord would come to me. Look at verse 44. For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth ends her praise and by giving Mary some more faith and encouragement. Learn from that. Learn from Elizabeth and what she did towards Mary. She built Mary up. Man, you're blessed. I know this is hard. You just walked across the desert. You're 12 years old, 13 years old. You're about to get married at some point. But you're having the Son of God. You're going to give birth to Him. You're blessed. And she encouraged Mary. She lifted Mary up. Man, and and I I don't understand when we come to church, I don't see that. Yes, you guys are awesome at shaking hands. I I love that. But how much time are you spending pulling somebody aside and encouraging them, building their faith up? Because that's what this is for. I can't be the only one to do that. I get too tired. I get a little cranky sometimes, right? I'm working on it. But you guys, encourage somebody. Lift somebody up. But she, I want you to learn from Elizabeth. She was humble and she was encouraging. And the big thing you need to learn from this whole thing was that last little bit. Um, Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Elizabeth saying, Mary, man, you're, the reason that you're so awesome, Mary, is because you believe and praise God before the blessing actually got here. You know that God said this is going to happen and you just have faith in it. You're blessed. That's awesome. I want to be like that. And you should too. We should be able to trust God enough to know that he's working all things out for the good of those who love and obey him and just have faith in that he's going to complete something. And we should be able to praise him before it's completed. That means when you're... (laughs) Hold on. So I don't know. You guys just said it. I mean, I don't know if you understand this. Because that means when even when your bank account's at zero and the bills are coming, you're praising God. God, I know you're going to bless me. That's when you're sick and you're in the hospital or a loved one's sick and it's not looking well. You're going, God, I, I, I praise you anyways. That's looking like, God, I, I know this is hard, God. I know this, is, this doesn't seem like it's going to get better, but God, I'm going to praise you because I know that the sun is always going to shine. That's what that means. And so that's what we need to learn from Elizabeth and her praise. The, the fulfillment's coming, but I'm praising you anyways before the fulfillment actually takes place. Amen? Amen. Now I want us to switch over to Mary real quick. Because Mary responds straight up praising. Okay? I mean, that's her response to this. She walks in, hey, what's up, Elizabeth? And Elizabeth just builds her up, builds her faith up, and her response is a straight praise. Look at this. Look at verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. 
Now look, think about that. Even after everything she's been through, she's young, she just walked through the desert pregnant, right? She, she had, you would think that she had reason to go inside and say, hey, Elizabeth, how you doing? And went and take a nap, right? That she had that right. I'm tired, Mary, Elizabeth, hey, good to see you. I'm tired, I'm going to go take a nap. But she didn't. She responded in straight praise, magnifying the Lord. I want you guys to turn to Psalm 34 real quick. Keep your finger in Luke, but go to Psalm 34, verse 1. Psalm 34, verse 1. I want to challenge you with this, because this, this verse always gets me right here. Psalm 34, verse 1, verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. We sang a song this morning, your praise will ever be on my lips, right? I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes its boast in the Lord. Let the humble hear and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Let us exalt His name together. I want you to think about your own life. This is, this is how God, I mean, I don't preach at you guys. I'm preaching with you, right? I've had to look at my own life. I want you to look at your own life and, and, ask your, and I want you to think when you came into church this morning, what did you do to prepare yourself to come in here and praise God? How did you prepare yourself out there to come into here and magnify God's name? Because a lot of the times, I know this is easy. I, 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 know, I know that there's, you know, there's things that get in the way of us really worshiping God. There's a lot of things that get in the way that when it's time to sit and it's time to stand and it's time to sing, I know there's a lot of things that gets in the way. And most of those things I know are not even in this building, but they're out there. Your job, your family, your bills, your car, whatever. It's not football season yet, so I know that's not the the problem. But most of the problem and distractions are out there. But the big ones that stops us from magnifying God is our very self. We don't prepare to come in here and worship God. We don't prepare to come in here and hear a word from the Lord. What that looks like is you praising God before you even get in here. That's what that looks like. That looks like your life being loud, magnifying God through all of your actions before you come into here. And I know that's hard. That's why, I mean, that's why we, we have Sunday school, we do our little worship practice, right? We get things right. And I go tuck myself away and pray because I know if I don't, I'm going to come up here and I'm going to say something stupid. I, just, I know it. Because I'm distracted, I, my mind's running 100 miles an hour, so I have to prepare myself before I come up here. How are you preparing yourself to come in here and worship? Are you praying before church? Are you magnifying God in your life on Saturday, on Friday? I know that's hard. I know it is. It's hard. But you have to prepare yourself. Push everything. I mean, it's 15 minutes. We sing, I mean, come on. We sing, what, six songs? What's distracting you? What's stopping you from fully 
worshiping and praising God. I see it. I stand right here and I get to look at you guys. And I know some of you want to worship and it's this. You're not. And it's not just about singing songs, but I mean, I don't even care if your hands are up or if you're singing. I can see it on your face. Something's stopping you. Something's literally stopping you from worshiping. And I, and I know that if you just prepared yourself, pray beforehand, God would open you up. Amen? Mm. Listen to Mary's praise. Look at verse 48. Back in Luke 1, 48. She said, For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. She's praising God for looking to her. Even in her lowliness and still being good to her. Right? We talked about that last week. She's, she's from the desert of Nazareth. She's not married. She has no money. But God chose her. Just like God is looking at you and saying, I don't care where you're from, what you have, what you don't have, what you know, what you don't know. I'm choosing you. I love you. And Mary's saying, I'm a humble. He looked at his humbled estate. He looked at me. God chose me. And so my question to you, are you still humble at the fact that God loves you? Are you still humbled at the fact that God Almighty, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of all things, are you humbled at the fact that he chooses to love you despite of who you are? Are you still humbled to that? Or are you in your walk with God entitled to God's love? It's very easy for that switch to happen. For us to go, okay, God, I know you love me. God, okay, God, come on, Spirit. It's it's easy to all of a sudden get to say, God, you have to love me. God, you have to bless me. God, you better do this. It's very easy for that switch to take place. Mary said, God, I praise you. You I magnify the Lord because he looked on this humble estate. Are you humbled at the fact that God loves you despite of you? Man, it makes me want to cry when I think about my own life and how I treat God. There's times in my life, yes, I'm very humble. God, I don't deserve your blessings. And there's times I'm like, God, why didn't you do that? And I just expect him to do things. When I'm the one who needs to be bowed down at the king. So are you humble at the fact that God loves you despite of who you are? Because he does. That's a big blessing. Right? Look at verse 49. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. This is why she's praising God. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name and his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. This is why Mary's, look, he's chosen me. I'm magnifying him and he's doing all these things. He gave a barren woman a baby. He's given a virgin woman a baby. And, but she's praising God for not just what God's done, but she's praising God because of what God's going to do through the baby inside of her. Because she knows that the plan is much bigger than just her and Elizabeth. She knows that the grand scheme of things, she's not really that important. Right? God has this grand plan for us and for the world and humanity. And she knows, okay, God told me this baby is a part of that plan. And God, I know he's going to fulfill it. 
Listen to him again. Mighty is, uh, uh, for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name. And mercy, his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. She's praising him because she, she knows that through Jesus, God's mercy would use a virgin to give birth to a merciful Savior. Amen? And that this merciful Savior would bring an everlasting righteousness that would give us an everlasting salvation. She's praising God for that. That's what amazing grace is. We sang about this one. This is amazing grace that you would take my place. That's what she's praising God for. Magnifying God. God, this baby is going to bring something to the world that we so desperately need. We need a Savior. That's mercy. That's grace. That's a mercy that pardons sinners from all of their sins. That's mercy that heals people from all things. That's mercy that can save and that is accepting. That's what this baby is. And that's why she's praising God. That's the gospel. That's salvation. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. Golly. And and if that's what's happening to Mary, if that's what she's praising about, this mercy, this mercy that's going to last for everlasting to generation to generation, the question is, how do we receive this mercy? Right? Look at verse 51 again. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Now I want you to to listen to me. To, To get this mercy, you have to humble yourself. You have to look at the poverty in your own life I'm not talking about rich or poor, but the poverty in your life and understand that you desperately need Jesus. Okay? Now we're going to fast forward. I want you to go to Luke chapter 5 real quick. And we're going to be wrapping up, I promise. Luke chapter 5. Giving you a little preview of what's to come in a few weeks. Right? As we continue to walk through Luke. Luke chapter 5, verse 31. Uh, we'll do verse 30, uh, 29. And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and the others reclining at the table with him. And the Pharisees, y'all know Pharisees are the ones who are self-righteous, right? Kind of look down on everybody. They hated Jesus. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at his disciples saying, and this is to Jesus, Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners? Right? One of, the, one of the things I love about this, my grandfather was a tax collector. Right? But he was also a great man of God. And in this Bible, I have his Bible in my room. He has that highlight. And he has written in his own handwriting on the side, saying, well, God forgive me for being a tax collector. Right? And when I first read that, I cried for a little bit. I was like, man, surely my grandpa didn't believe that because uh, he was a tax collector, that God doesn't love him. Right? Tax collectors have a bad rap in the Bible, and I, I don't really like them either. Right? But listen to this. Why do you eat and drink with the tax collectors and the sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. 
I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners to repentance. And in my grandfather's Bible, he wrote, I am a sinner saved by grace. My grandfather knew if he humbled himself, no matter what he did, and he was a good tax collector, he tried to help people, he tried to, he helped, I would see him give $300 to a homeless person. But the thing about my grandfather was he knew that he needed Jesus Christ. And it was not the fact that now all of a sudden I believe I'm good. He said, I need Jesus. I am sick. I have sin in my life that I need to be forgiven. And the only way to be forgiven of your sin is through Jesus Christ who shows mercy on us. And so the question I have to ask you is this. Are you humbled at the fact that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? Are you entitled to for God's forgiveness? Are you entitled at the thought that now that I've said a prayer, I go to church, I've been here for a hundred years, whatever, how long some of you have been in here. Are you humbled at the fact that you still need Jesus? Maybe some of us need Jesus more now than we did when we weren't even a Christian yet. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. Don't ever grow out of that humble place. I, I know, I know, I mean, I can't say that this is for sure, right? But I think if Mary saw how some people lift her up on a pedestal, I think it would make her sick. And I believe that throughout Mary's life, she still saw herself as, man, I'm just the humble person. I'm just the, the desert girl from Nazareth that God chose to love on and bless. Are you humble that the fact that God chooses to love you? Look at verse 54. Back to Luke 1, I'm sorry. Luke 1, 54. Mary continues her praise. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his offspring forever. And Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. Mary ends her praise song in confidence, right? That God fulfills his plans and keeps his promises. God helped Israel. God remembered His mercy. And all that said a thousand years ago to Abraham and to Abraham's descendants, God fulfilled and they were passing right before Mary's very eyes. She was a part of this plan that has been here from creation. Right? And she had confidence that God's plans, if He's fulfilled them then, He's going to fulfill His promises now. If God did it then, God can do it now. If God said He's going to do this and He did it, God said He's going to do this. He's going to do it some point. Do y'all believe that? And here's a little spoiler alert for you. Everything that God promised to Mary, spoiler alert, right? It happened. Jesus was born. Let me say this again. Everything that God promised Mary, she's waiting for. She knows it's going to happen. Spoiler alert, Jesus was born. The Savior of the world was born. And He comes to this world, lived a perfect life. Lived a perfect life. I can't can't be perfect for five minutes. 
lived a perfect life, walked around healing people, doing miracles, fulfilling everything that his father said, gets to the point where he knows that he has to die for our sins, knowing that he has to take on the wrath that God has towards our sin. God knowing that, that here's my sin, or here's the wrath of sin that God has. He hates sin because it separates us. Jesus knows my only mission here is to take on my Father's wrath because I love these people so much, I don't want them to die for their sin. And Jesus comes and he fulfills all these things and he gets to the point where he's in the garden and he's praying, okay, God, if this is your will, let it be done. And he's handed over. He dies a gruesome death. But here comes Jesus as they put him in the grave. God saying, I accept your sacrifice, son. Jesus, son, I'm so proud of you. You took on sin. You took on death. And God says, I accept your sacrifice. I accept your mercy on these people. And here comes Jesus. Three days later, rose from the grave, saying that sin has no place in our life. Sin can't conquer us because Jesus defeated it. Spoiler alert. Mary's praising. I know this is going to happen. Jesus comes and he's raised from the grave. And it tells us, if you believe in me, confess that I'm Lord, confess that I'm God, and believe in your heart that I was raised from the grave and I defeated sin. If you put your faith and trust in me, if you choose to follow me, if you repent from your sins and you turn to me, you shall be saved. And Mary is praising, knowing that this is going to happen, but she's praising and magnifying Elizabeth, they're in there shouting. You ever been around two pregnant women? It might get loud a little bit, right? But they're not loud because of what, what that's going on in their life. They're praising God because of God is good. And they're magnifying Him and praising Him before the blessing gets here. God is calling you to repent and turn from your sins and to trust in His Son, Jesus. He's calling every single one of you to do that. That's God's mercy that He would even allow us the option to be forgiven of our sins. To have a pardon for our sins. That's mercy. That's amazing grace. We should praise God for keeping His promises even before we see the promises come to life. That's what these women of faith do. That's why I love Luke. Luke, Luke, Luke lifts up women. I have six sisters. There's a lot you can learn from women. Right? These two women, they praised God before the promises they ever got there. So here's what's going to happen. This is our time of response. And, and I'm calling on two people here. And you might have another decision you need to make, but you need to know that God did all of that for you. Everything he did from creation to Mary and all this that we just talked about, God did it for you. So that you in your low place, in your hard times and in your sin would receive that mercy that can heal you from all that's going on in your life. God did that for you. All the pain, all the hurt, all the doubt, all the fear, all your sin. God can take that from you and give you life and joy and peace that surpasses all understanding. God did that for you. All you have to do is humble yourself and repent from your sins. So if you've never done that, if you've never accepted Christ, if you've never repented from your sins, today can be that day where you experience this amazing grace. 
that you can receive this blessing. Because spoiler alert, it's blessed. And it's good. You can experience that. And the second person I'm talking to today is maybe some of you have grown entitled to God and His grace and His mercy and His blessings. Maybe some of you have, have, have failed. I've done it. It's so easy to go from humbled, blessed to entitled. I've done it. It's so easy. And so if that's you today, if you look at your life and you've become entitled to God's blessings, that you come in here unprepared to worship, you just come in here expecting that. And God will. God will move. It doesn't depend on us. But if you come in here just expecting God better bless me today, or I might not come back next week. They better sing that song or I ain't going to stand and sing. Preacher better say this or I'm not going to say amen. I don't, think that's, I don't think that's what's going on in here. I don't. But I know it's easy for me to become entitled to God's blessings. Now if that's you, you need to rededicate your life. And remember, God blesses you despite of who you are. Humble yourself. God is the king. You are not. God is almighty. You are not. God is the sustainer. You are the sustained. And so maybe some of you guys need to come and just ask God to forgive you for being entitled. And and I know this to be true as well. The longer you walk with God, the stronger that entitlement can get. And the longer that you walk with God, the more pride that kind of builds up with that. And so, uh, I mean, we have to watch that sneaky little entitlement. And maybe some of you are, are you're not praising God at all until you get blessed. That's not good. God is, God is more worthy than that. Amen? And so whatever decision you make, I don't, I don't know. I'm going to ask the, the worship team to come up. I guess that's you and you this morning. Um, our part of the plan is really easy. Jesus always makes things easier for us, right? Our part of the plan is really easy and it's really simple. It's just to believe it. That's our part of the plan. Believe it. Believe in God's plan. Mary believed it. These women believed it. And that's why I make, Luke makes this big deal about this thing is that it's amazing. When you just trust in the fact that God is going to do something, He does it. They believed that God was going to do something before it ever got done. That's your plan. That's your part. So what is holding you back right now from fully believing in God's plan? What is stopping you, or what is in your life getting in the way of you trusting in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? We're going to stand. We're going to sing a song. I'm going to be right here. Um, I'd love to pray for you. If you need to make a decision for Christ, do that today. If you want to join the church, do that today. But not be entitled to God's blessing. There's seasons in our life where God says, Hey, I want you to see. I want to see if you're going to follow me rather than follow my blessing. Sometimes you might feel like someone else is being blessed more than you are. Look at Elizabeth. She praised God. So I'll be here, the author's here for you.
guys.